Hello, I am Joe Bacos, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of the Taurus Report. We are doing a little digression this week uh, to learn about uh, rotation in quaterns. Quaterns are a new measure of angle rotation, and so uh, what's the big deal? I mean, uh, why bother with a new measure of rotation? Well, Traditional measure, degrees and radians, uh, and all of the trigonometric functions that are associated with them are uh, what we call transcendental. That means to find them, we've got to do infinite sums. And so uh, they are not algebraic. Uh, rotation in quaterns allows you to do all of those trigonometric functions algebraically. So if you're doing like uh, sine or cosine, or the inverse trig functions, or if you're doing rotation of vectors in space, uh, cross product, dot product, all of those things using quaterns become algebraic. And so there's the potential here for, uh, like with computer graphics and programming, uh, there's the potential to cut down computation time uh, by quite a bit because right now technology has to do truncated infinite sums to do these functions and uh, with quaterns uh, that won't be necessary the only truncation would just be rounding. So I would like to just demonstrate the use of quaterns uh, and part of this is a proof that they actually work because oftentimes when I tell people that there's an algebraic way to approach rotation, uh, they don't believe me. So, so I want to demonstrate that it actually works by uh, solving a triangle using purely uh, quatern measure. Before we get started, there's a few things that I would like to mention. First, the Taurus report uh, after today's uh, digression will go back to uh, speaking about uh, cosmology. Uh, just doing this uh, little digression this week because I will soon be publishing a paper on, on quaterns. And that brings me to the other point I would like to mention is that all of the calculations I have set up a graphing calculator site uh, using Desmos so that anyone can do all of the calculations that I'm about to demonstrate. You can do them quickly and easily uh, because I will be putting links to all of the sites, uh, all of the calculation sites that I'm using. I'll put links to that in the comments of this video and also a link uh, to the paper that will soon be published on this. So I will have a link to this paper, Solving Triangles Algebraically. And so uh, you will be able to um, uh, try it for yourself. Uh, try the calculations uh, yourself and, and see how to work with uh, quaterns. So with that said, uh, let us get started on solving this triangle. So first, what is a quatern? Okay. 
first, what is a quatern and how do you calculate it? So in the first quadrant, it's very simple. And we use the uh, Greek letter kappa. It looks sort of like a lightning bolt or a backwards end sometimes to represent the angle in quaterns. And in the first quadrant, it's very simple. It is y-coordinate minus x-coordinate divided by the radius plus 1. And so that is uh, the angle in quaterns. Now, it so happens that if you go all the way around the circle, that equals exactly 8 quaterns. So, for example, let us suppose I've got some point here. Okay. And um, let's suppose I've got the point, uh, oh, let's suppose we're using the point 4, comma, 3. Okay. Now, I picked that one because I happen to know what R is. So, if you don't know what R is, you can always get R, which is the distance from your point. So, if I graph this point, well, let's see, I didn't draw that very well. Let's try and put it, the axis like right on the, uh, on the line. Let's try that again. So, there we go. Let's try that. So, here's my axis. This is the first quadrant. The formula is... So that is what kappa equals, and I have picked the point 4, comma, 3, just because I know if I graph that point, like say I graph it here, here's the point 4, comma, 3, I happen to know that the hypotenuse, uh, which is the distance from the point to the origin, I know that that's 5. Okay, and if you don't know what the hypotenuse is, you can always uh, calculate it by doing this. Um, square root of your x-coordinate squared plus your y-coordinate squared. You add those together and take the square root, and that is going to be the distance to your point. So this measure here, in, as far as quaterns, would be simply y-coordinate, which is 3, minus the x-coordinate, which is 4, over the uh, distance to the origin, or r, which is 5. So 3 minus 4 is negative 1. So we have negative 1 fifth for this fraction, plus 1. Now, I will rewrite 1 as 5 fifths. So I'll do 5 fifths minus 1 fifth equals a positive 4 fifths. And so this angle uh, in quaterns, the angle would be four-fifths. So that is the basic idea of how you calculate it. Now, in the first, in the first quadrant, it's super easy um, because the formula is very simple. Now, it gets more complicated if you try and do it in other quadrants. Then we have a much more complicated-looking formula that is actually more complicated than, uh, uh, it is actually less complicated than it looks. So if we go down here, so this is the formula for quaterns that is valid in all four quadrants. Okay, now the formula looks intimidating, but it's really not because 
when you whenever you see this uh, like y over the absolute value of y, just means y coordinate over the y coordinate make it positive. Absolute value just means make it positive. And so these quantities here, like y over uh, absolute value of y, or x over absolute value of x, all of those are going to be either 1 or negative 1, right? They'll be 1 or negative 1. And so uh, when you do this calculation, like in the other quadrants, it's actually quite simple and, and it's not difficult to do at all. So the point is, there is an algebraic relationship always between the coordinates of a point and the angle in quaterns to get to that point. So if you had a uh, something, you know, extreme, like let's say in, in quadrant four, right? So let's say you had a point like here. Right, so this one is what uh, four comma f uh, four comma negative four, right? Now to get to that point, you'd have to rotate. So first I draw a line straight to it. You'd have to rotate all the way around like that, right? Now if you go all the way around the circle, like I said, that's eight quaterns, you know. So I'm assuming this is going to be like seven, something like that. Um, actually, I, I kind of know it's 7 because uh, one quaternion is approximately equal to 45 degrees. Okay, so one quaternion, well, one quaternion is exactly 45 degrees. So that's just the basics like of how you would calculate the angle in quaternions. Uh, and then uh, we will go on from there. To solve a triangle, we need things like the trig function, sine and cosine, and we need the inverse trig functions like arc sine, arc tangent. And quaterns have all of those things um, in, a, uh, in a, uh, uh, another form. Uh, we'll call it the analog form of sine and the analog form of cosine. And as I said, calculating uh, sine and cosine in terms of quaterns is algebraic. It is not a transcendental function. So traditional uh, trig functions and inverse trig functions, they have to be done uh, as uh, sort of truncated infinite sums, and that is not the case with quaterns. You have exact algebraic expressions for sine and cosine. Now I have calculators, uh, online calculators, and as I said, I will be sharing the links for those. But it's enough that you can see uh, that these formulas, if we're solving a triangle, we're only going to be talking about quadrants 1 or 2, okay? because all of our angles are going to be between uh, 0 and 180 degrees. So figuring the quaternion angle in quadrant 1 is this. I've already explained that. This big equation here for quadrant 2, as I said, it simplifies nicely. In quadrant 2, it simply becomes that. Uh, so very easy. Then the trig functions for quadrants 1 or 2. Now, quatern trig functions and inverse trig functions are uh, completely valid in all four quadrants. Um, I'm only including, uh, you know, quadrants 1 and 2, acute and obtuse angles, simply because I'm presenting this in the context of solving a triangle. So we don't need 
uh, quadrants three and four for that. But I need everybody to know that uh, we have those equations for the other uh, quadrants. It's just that for solving a triangle, we don't need them. And all of these, as I said, I will put a link to this paper and I will put a link to all of the calculators so that you don't have to actually do all these formulas by hand, like plug it all in and calculate, because I have that all set up for you already with the online calculator. So uh, with that said, let us get to the triangle we want to solve. And it turns out that with the analog trig functions and inverse trig functions, you, in essence, uh, solve the triangle you s the same way you do with traditional measure, uh, except that it's all algebraic. Uh, the functions are all algebraic. They are not transcendental functions. So let's jump to it and, uh, and uh, get to solving the triangle. So the first one we want to take a look at here is this triangle. And it's an example of an ambiguous case, right? So this triangle is an angle side side it's called and it presents an ambiguous case because there's two different possible uh, solutions they give you this angle a here they give you this side c here this large side right here and they give you this uh, uh, the side opposite a which is side a uh, over here now what you don't know is you don't know angle B, and you have two options for angle B because this is a an ambiguous case, and you don't know angle C, and you've got two options for that as well. And so we will work on uh, solving this triangle. The first thing we're going to do is the only transcendental part of all this. Uh, when you go from degrees to quaterns, or you go from radians to quaterns, um, that aspect is actually transcendental, and you have to use infinite sums um, to go back and forth. However, I want to emphasize that if you have, uh, like, let's say we located this triangle, you know, on uh, the, uh, uh, like, if I was to give you coordinates uh, for the ray that is forming uh, side A, um, then uh, all calculations could be stay completely in quaterns, and you'd be able to totally solve the, the triangle. Like if I gave you the original angle in quaterns, then you'd be able to solve the triangle completely without doing anything transcendental. So the only transcendental aspect of all of this is going to be just uh, figuring what is the exact uh, quatern measure of angle A. And we can do that um, with this uh, sum, which is uh, at uh, uh, this website here from Theta to Kappa. As I said, I am going to link this paper, and I am also going to link all of these uh, calculator websites. So notice that angle A is 42.9 degrees. So I go to this uh, website here, and I'm going uh, from Theta to Kappa. And K I set depending on how accurate I want to be. I don't want to make it too uh, high because uh, then it takes a lot of calculations. Um, but I'll set it uh, at a thousand. That'll be sufficient for us. And so if I set it at a thousand and then I enter uh, my degrees here of 42.9, I already have it in here from doing this before. 
but let's say I enter in my degrees 42.9 then down here is the quatern measure of that angle and I will write this down uh, the quatern measure is 0.948 let's go to four significant digits so I'm going to write this down as 0 0.9482. Now, while I'm at it, I am going to go to another calculator site I have here, uh, wherein you can put in the quatern measure and y sub a. Um, that is the sine output for any uh, angle in the first quadrant. And we know that this quatern angle is in the first quadrant because it is less than 2. Quadrant 1, in terms of quaterns, are uh, from 1 to 2. Okay, so we're in the first quadrant. So here we could just enter in the value that we just found, which was 0 0.9482. And then it will output for me what the uh, sine ratio is for that. Okay, so y of angle A, and I call the sine ratio for uh, angle A, uh, YA, and that equals 0 0.6807. And that is uh, how I round it. So this is what we have so far on our paper here. From the calculator we translated from degrees to quaterns and now that we're in quaterns we don't have to go back to degrees until all the way at the end. Uh, the rest of the triangle can all be solved in quaterns and then we can translate uh, back into degrees at the very end. So this is the quatern measure of angle A and this is the sine ratio, the quatern sine ratio of uh, angle A. So the next thing that we want to do then is we are going to um, try to set up an equation just like we would solving a uh, triangle in uh, trigonometry. Those of you who have had trigonometry or pre-calculus, uh, it is solved in exactly the same way using the, the law of sines. And so notice here, this is if we had wanted to do that calculation of the sine ratio by hand, right? We could have done that because that calculation is algebraic and the formulas are, uh, uh, were presented earlier in the paper. So everything that I just did with the calculator online was for convenience, uh, but it could have been done uh, algebraically using this formula to get this sine ratio. Okay, and so then uh, the next thing we want to do is use the law of sines where we find that uh, uh, we want to solve for the uh, sine ratio of angle C. So let's take a look at that next. Traditionally, using the law of sines, the way you would set this up is you would say that uh, uh, side C uh, right is proportional to the sine of C. So you'd set it up like this. Sine of angle C over side C is proportional to 
sine of angle A over side A. Then you would multiply both sides of this fraction by side C, and you would get this. Sine ratio of side C, or I'm sorry, angle C, is going to be equal to side C times the sine ratio of angle A over side A. And we do this exact same thing uh, in quaterns using the analog uh, sine function in quaterns. And so we can find out what this sine ratio is by doing this calculation. Notice we already found sine of A to be this, right? And we know what side C is. And so this becomes 12.86 times 0.68 over uh, side A, which is 8.98. Okay, so if we do this calculation, then we will know what the sine ratio for C is. And uh, this calculation has already been done here. Okay, and so we find that the sine ratio for C is 0 0.9748. 0.9748. Now, notice that for the sine ratio for C, since that number is less than 2, that means that is an acute angle. And remember, we have two options for C, right? We have two options for C here. We have an obtuse angle. And we have an acute angle. So since we got a value for C in this case uh, that is uh, acute because it is less than 2, then that means it's this one. So this is Y of C, which is the sine ratio for C. Whoops, I, I wasn't showing you the video, so let, let me show you this. So anyways, uh, as I was saying, since we have two options for C, this one is obtuse, and that means that this angle in terms of quatern is going to be greater than 2. This one is acute, which means that in terms of quaterns, this angle is going to be less than 2. And we found that the sine ratio for this angle, because it's less than 2, we know that we just found the acute solution, and that sine ratio is... 0.9748. Now, once again, we can go to, we have uh, a few options. Now, you can calculate the inverse uh, uh, trig function um, using the uh, formulas that I have up here, right? These are the arc sine and arc uh, cosine. So for acute angles, we would be using this formula. And so if we plug that sine ratio in here and here then, and calculate, we will get the output of uh, what the uh, quatern measure of that angle is. Now, since we have the um, uh, online calculator, we will use that. And I have the inverse... Uh, uh, trig functions down here be below. Okay, so if I go down here, I can find the uh, the inverse trig for y. Uh, 
So we want inverse sine function for acute angles. And I can plug in the value that I just found, right, by calculating. And that value was 0.9748. And then the output will be the measure of the angle in quaterns. And so I find that this, op, uh, this option for C is 1.752. Uh, that is the quatern measure of C. And so we have found, uh, we have found the uh, sine ratio for this option of C. And we have also found the measure of the angle in quaterns for C. So now we have two angles of our triangle in quaterns. We have this C option, and we have A. So these are the measures of our two angles. Now, if we had two angles in ordinary measure, like let's say uh, degrees, then we know that all the angles of a triangle must add up to 180. Now, in quaterns, they must add up to 4. But the problem is that adding and subtracting angles in quaterns is only direct if you're uh, willing to, to do approximate. Like, in other words, if I just add these two numbers together, right, and then subtract it from 4, then I would get this angle... Uh, because we've chosen this C, it means the, uh, the angle uh, for B that we're talking about is this larger one, right? Later, when we find this option, then the angle for B would be the smaller one. But since we're talking about this option, it's this larger one. But in any case, uh, what common sense would say that very roughly, 4 minus this one minus this one, right, should give us angle B. And for quaterns, that is only roughly correct. So if you're doing approximations, that would be okay. Now, if you want an exact uh, answer, though, you have to use the quatern analog angle addition uh, formula, which I have in the paper. And again, I have a calculator for that as well adding two angles. And so I am going to go and add these two angles, and it will conform to this formula, which is in the paper, uh, which is the uh, angle addition formula. But I can do it uh, at this site, uh, where it is uh, entitled, and I, and I will link this, where you just enter angle one, you enter angle two, and it uses that algebraic formula. So again, none of this is transcendental, right? It's all algebraic. So I'm going to go ahead and put the uh, first angle in there, which was 0.9482. That was my angle A. And I'll put the second angle in there, which was 1.752. That was angle B. And then the sum of those using quatern angle addition, the sum of those is this value down here, 2.63, let's call it 5. So 2.635. 2.63, yeah, rounding up.
2.635. So uh, this is my angle B. Um, uh, well, no, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm being a little hasty. This is adding angle, this is adding angle A and angle C together. It equals this. So coming back to my paper, so I found out using the rules of quatern addition, I found out that adding these two together gives me this. This is not angle B, but angle B must be 4 minus this. And when I subtract those two, uh, then I have this option for, for angle B. And so subtracting those two, this option for angle B must be 1.365. Once we have that, it is always helpful to use the online calculator or else to use a formula. Like once you know what the angle is, it's always helpful to go ahead and find the sine ratio because chances are we're going to have to use it. Uh, so we can go to the uh, online calculator or use the formula in the paper to do that. So um, let's see, we want to go to here and uh, we want to do the uh, sine ratio. And since B is acute, 1.365, that is less than 2. So if it's less than 2, it's acute. So I'm going to be using this one rather than the obtuse option. So 1.365. And that tells me... Oh, this is the obtuse one. Uh, this was the, uh, uh, the inverse. I'm sorry, that was the inverse. I have to scroll up here. This is where I meant to enter it right here. So I just entered it into the inverse. So let's try that again. So 1.365 and this tells me that the sine ratio for this angle is 0.86 well let's call it 0.86 we'll call it. That is the sine ratio. Now the only thing left to solve in our triangle, uh, since now uh, we know all three angles and we have two sides, the only thing left to solve is this side opposite right here. And we use a similar um, law of signs setup. So in order to find side B, side B is going to be equal to, and I'm going to compare it to side, the proportion of A and uh, sine of A since that's what was given in the problem. Uh, so side B is going to be equal to A times the sine of B, right? over sine of A. Now we already have uh, these two sine values. There is the sine of B right here and sine of A we found earlier and side A of course is this 
and so we can just put those values uh, in the calculator if we take if we just take uh, uh, side A is 8.98 times the sine of B which is 0.8656 divided by the sine of A which is point oh point six eight oh seven I almost entered the angle instead of the sine ratio right so these are the sine ratios not the angles so let's make sure that we entered the right thing sine ratio of B and sine ratio of A so then uh, that tells us that this long length here because we've done this acute option this long length here is 11.42 units. Now let's look at this obtuse option here. Now notice we got the sine ratio for C early on. And the truth is that this sine ratio is the same whether we are talking about the acute option or we're talking about the obtuse option. Now the only difference in our output is uh, I put the, this as an input into the acute inverse sine. Now if I take this same uh, value, 0.9748, that sine ratio, and I do the inverse sine option for obtuse, which is a little bit different, so, in other words, if I go down here and I find inverse sine option, right, uh, let's see, we want, there's x acute, here we are. So, this is the inverse sine option for obtuse angles. And if I put that same exact value in here, last time I put it in the acute option. So, if I put 0.9... 748, I get a different output for angle C. So notice here that now my, my angle, and again, all of this can be done algebraically. I provide the formulas in the paper. So none of this is transcendental. So uh, I get a uh, sine ratio for C of, and let me write this down here. So we've got Y of C obtuse is, or actually no, this is the actual angle. The sine ratio is the same as the acute one, but the angle is different. So the angle is 2.2, let's say 48, yeah, let's call it 2.248. So that is our angle C. And then that will give us a different value. So now that we did that, so now we've got a new value for C. Then we want to go to our angle addition again. Because remember, we did uh, A and C last time to find out what their sum was. So now we have to do A, angle A, and the new value for C, which is 2.2. 248. That is our new value. And we find that that sum is here. 
And that sum is, and I'm just going to write this down real quick, the sum is 3.264, let's call it, 3.264. So that is the sum. Now, since that is the sum, since uh, this is the new sum, all we have to do is 4 minus that, and then we'll know what our new angle B is. So 4 minus 3.264. So we have a new angle B of 0.736. So this angle B here is 0.736. And then uh, as before, I'm going to go ahead and find the sine ratio of that, uh, just because we're going to need it anyway. So if I uh, go to my uh, triangles again, and that is an acute angle, so I can enter it in here. 0.736. And I get a new sine ratio for B of 0.5627. Rounded. And then uh, once we have that, then we can go back and uh, redo this calculation again, right, in order to find this side B. And we can see from the diagram that this version of side B over here at the bottom should be significantly less than 11.42. We use the same exact e equation, and the only difference is that now we have a different sine ratio for B. Right? Everything else is the same, but we have a different sine ratio for B. It's this new value right here, whereas before it was that value. So uh, if we do this new calculation, side A is 8.98, and we're going to multiply by our new sine ratio for B, which is 0.5627. And then we'll divide. So doing this calculation again, right, we're doing this formula with our new sine ratio for B, which is this. So we have side A times that sine ratio divided by the sine ratio for A. So we've got side A, 8.98 times the sine ratio for B, 0.5627, divided by the sine ratio for A, 0.6807. And so we find that this side has become 7.42. Now, one can solve all this uh, usually using a traditional angle measure, 
Um, but I would like to uh, just speak a little bit about uh, what all this means. So note once again that all of these calculations have not been transcendental. And at the end, I did not do it, but you could use the uh, calculators that I will su uh, supply to go back into degrees. We found the quatern measure of all the angles of that triangle, and we also found all the sides. In the quatern measure, you can go back to degrees either approximately, if you use these charts here uh, in the paper, which I will link to, there's ways to do it approximately correctly, right? I mean, very roughly, uh, one quatern is the same as 45 degrees. One quatern is the same thing as uh, uh, pi over 4 radians. Uh, which is the same thing as 45 degrees. And so because of that fact, you can, uh, you can convert roughly back and forth between them. Now, uh, if you want to convert exactly, you do need uh, technology uh, with transcendental functions, um, which I do those, uh, uh, I do those uh, calculations uh, on, on the sites that I will su supply. Um, however, I, I just want to emphasize something about this. So the thing that I would like to emphasize is that let's suppose um, let's suppose a programmer was to use quaterns uh, to render everything. Like let's suppose you're doing uh, 3D graphics and you're doing the programming for that, and you need to come up with algorithms to do all of the rotations and representation of everything. Um, my point is that all of that could be done totally without ever starting from degrees or ever going back to degrees uh, or radians. So all of these calculations could be done in programming um, uh, totally algebraically where the only uh, truncation, you're not truncating an infinite sum. All you're doing at the end is you got an exact value and you're just going to round it to whatever degree of accuracy you want. And uh, so I just wanted to uh, emphasize that. And once again, um, I will, in the comments to this video, I will link to the paper and I will also link to all of these online calculators. Uh, so that you can sort of uh, demonstrate this uh, for yourself. So all of the trigonometric functions and the inverse trigonometric functions, uh, they are all algebraic and um, uh, they all work perfectly well and you could do all of the same types of uh, calculations like cross product, uh, dot product, rotations of vectors in 3D space, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, can be done with quatern equivalents so that all of this would be algebraic. So uh, thank you uh, very much for, wa uh, for watching the Taurus Report uh, tonight, and uh, we will see you again next week. Bye-bye for now.